Yes, folks, it's Thursday, 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this has to be. Happy Friday Eve and welcome Happy Friday Eve. Yeah, welcome to Sorry, Elizabeth. Yes. We have this thing about talking on top of each other. It's maddening. <laughs> we need to stop that. <laughs> we do. We do. So welcome everybody to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Uh, we've got a great show for you here today, and we're flying at about full staff. I think the only one we're going to be missing today is Karen. So welcome aboard. Get ready for a great show. And remember, our call-in number is 323. Tell me if I'm reading it wrong. My eyes are bad. 580-5755. Did I do that right? That's it. I actually finally have it memorized. <laughs> that tells me it's time to put on the spectacles. <laughs> Fantastic. So Elizabeth, word on the street today. We're talking about the magic word that Fred loves. Marketing. Marketing. Awesome. So one of the things that we were reading about today was local marketing. And we bring this up because a lot of people that I've been talking to recently um, and helping them find franchises want to know what, what does the franchisor help with when you're buying into a brand? Because I think a lot of people believe that part of that royalty is intended to go towards marketing but that's not really the case at all. Yeah. Especially local marketing, right? And that's what we're talking specifically about today. Yeah, I mean, that's an important part and there is some national marketing depending on the franchise that you're in. Um, and, and name recognition is clearly a big deal if you have a bigger name recognizable franchise, but local marketing um, is often something that's overlooked. And yeah. there's a report out let me get the name of it. Uh, the, local, the 2022 Localized Marketing Benchmark Report, which has a lot of good information in it yes, about yes. the importance of local marketing. Um, so, so some highlights. Actually, so she actually put that out and yeah. they were um, one of the large sponsors at the IFA convention this past, uh, this past couple of months ago in San Diego. And uh, for those of you who aren't really familiar with what they do, they're kind of, I'm going to they're probably going to kill me how I describe it, but in my layman's terms, kind of an overseer of all things uh, marketing from a social media perspective, local marketing perspective. They really, in this particular report, we're pulling a whole bunch of data together to really look at how effective local marketing is and really to make sure that people could easily understand why it's so important. Even if you buy the national brand, how driving that brand on a local level is so important. Yeah, so they had a bunch of um, benchmarks and things that they analyzed. They analyzed social, they analyzed reputation, and they analyzed search. Um, and one of the things, I don't know if everybody's familiar with it, but on the, the local, the local Google search, when you're searching for something, you only get the top three right. that are in your initial little list, right? So what they have discovered is that they call it the, three, the Google three pack. Businesses in that three pack in the top three in your local search receive 126% more traffic and 93% more action, which would be a call, a website click, or those sorts yep. of things, um, than the others, than those who are not on that list. That's so right. I think that's something that can't be underestimated for one thing. But they also ranked a whole lot of other um, you know, measurements. So, so what they found is that the more local marketing you do, clearly the better off you're going to be. That's right. So what they're saying too is 40% of the top businesses um, are more likely to appear in the Google three pack. So the ones that they ranked the, the top right. 40 of their ranking list right. are more likely to be in the three pack. 215% have more, they have more, sorry, in their top list, the businesses have 
215% more reviews than the average. And so I think you can't ever, and anytime I've worked in marketing and agency work and everything, right? we've talked a lot about getting Google reviews. Yeah, um, that's right. Because not everybody focuses on that. And if you're like me, I look at a review before I do anything. Yeah, I mean, I- Before you buy a product, you know. Sure. Yeah, if it doesn't have four stars or above, I'm not in. And um, as a business owner, the flip side, I understand the flip side very well. And I understand how your your Google uh, ratings can really be sandbagged if you have a few um, angry people out there that you don't address. And they don't, even when the problem is, is rectified, if you don't go back and ask them to re-review you, it's, it's like a dead weight. So it tends to weigh those numbers down. But the one thing I wanted to really point out, and, you know, lately with, the uh, pandemic at all. One thing that I think across the country we've all tried to do anyway is band together to support small business. And I think, you know, I'll use my brand as an example, as Molly made, right? It's this big national brand. Everybody knows it. But most people, when you're looking to support small business, they want to know who owns that. And, and the local marketing is where you really engage in your community, you give back to your community, the community that you, most of us operate in are the communities that you hire your people from. And so the whole local slant to marketing, I think is really, really important. And so when you're sitting down with, whether it's a consultant or you're doing your budgets, um, you know, on your own, or you're working with a franchisor, um, Keep in mind that there is a great portion of your marketing budget that really does need to go into, um, into your local marketing fund. And, and those things become very, very, very important as money becomes tighter for people and they're more conscientious about where they spend their money. Absolutely. And one of my favorite things that you always say is, as a small business owner, becoming a part of the fabric of your community is very That's important right. to you. And I think that you know, sponsoring local teams. There are creative, less expensive ways that you can become a part of that community. Yes. And there, I live in a very small town outside of Mobile, but where I actually live is a tiny little town. And those people who get involved in those local community events, they sponsor a truck in a parade. We have parades like nobody's business. Yeah. Those little things are where the local people are going to see you. So there are, there are so many creative ways aside from just digital marketing that you can get your name out there and really make your your community feel like you're a part of it. That's right. So the total message here is, yes, your franchisors often help you with national branding. Sometimes it'll be regional branding, but really to bring it all home, so to speak, um, if you want to become that fabric of the community that I always talk about, um, it's about getting local. It's about getting out there and making sure that they see a name with the brand so that they understand it's Kristen that runs Molly Made in this area. If there's a problem, I'm not calling a 1-800-MOLLY-MADE number. I'm calling Kristen to get things taken care of. So um, make sure that you look at that as you move forward in your journey to look for a franchise and or continue running the franchise you have. Don't ever underestimate the power of local. And with that, we have a super fun guest today. And there he is. Welcome, Josh. Thank you oh, guys. You you. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'd like to begin by reading Josh's bio. It's a really good one. From his parents' dining room to an international brand, Jim Guy's founder and CEO, Josh York, an American dream come true. As 14 years ago, Josh York was sitting at his parents' dining room table hammering out the idea that, that would become Gym Guys, a mobile in-home fitness training provider today boasting over, and I assume it's more than 150 now, locations across 30 states and three countries. Gym Guys is the largest personal training company in the world. Josh, who believes sleep is the enemy and subscribes <laughs> to four to five hours a night with... <clears throat> A four hour workout followed by a sauna at 31 degrees. Uh, no, thanks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually an ice bath. It's an ice bath every day. It's at 27 degrees, and my sauna is at 180 degrees. <laughs> Going, he, he, he said he wasn't going to be denied his dream, and it's been an incredible journey to uh, 
devising visionary business plans that where his mom served dinner and today is rubbing shoulders with major disruptors in the industry. Josh and his experienced franchise management team expects to open another 100 franchises this year. Josh's competitive nature, passion for living and presence makes him one of the most sought, at, sought out motivational speakers of the day. Josh is a true entrepreneur driven by passion, no stranger to risk, and a leader who knows the value of building a strong culture with a commitment to being the best. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you very much, Ray. I appreciate it. Okay, so I just have to say, um, like the limited sleep, I was totally down with that like 20 years ago because that was the lifestyle I lived. But now I have to be honest, I'm a little intimidated by you. <laughs> and I don't get intimidated easily. I'm like, wow, this guy's like no sleep, hyperactive, these ice beds, like explain. <laughs> Listen, when, when, when you seek discomfort on a daily basis, yeah, you allow yourself to become more comfortable. You allow yourself to put yourself through difficult challenges. When you know, look, when you're in business, you know, I like to I like to give this as an example of being in business. You're laying down on the road, and an 18 wheeler truck drives over you, then stops, <laughs> then goes back in reverse, then you get a break for like 20, 30 minutes, and then it happens all over again because business. <laughs> is not easy. Easy to say, not easy to do. And honestly, I believe business is 80% mindset. And if you don't have the right mindset, you're never going to succeed because the majority of people fold like cheap chairs. And, you know, I like to seek discomfort through fitness. And, you know, I do believe the cure for everything is movement. I don't, um, I, I don't, I, I actually don't even subscribe to sickness. Like I don't, I've never taken a sick day in my life. Um, I, I rarely ever get sick. And if I do, I still jump in my ice bath. I still do my routine every day because you know what? At the end of the day, those days that you don't want to do it are the most important days that you have to do it. And the problem is, this is why most people are weak. And yep. we, people, we people never get anywhere. And um, I, am, I am the farthest thing from being normal. And I like to say, you know, people like to say, wow, you're such a type A person. I like to say I, I created type C, which is crazy because normal never works. <laughs> Were you ever in the military? Because this sounds like a Never. regiment. Never. Wow. Never. I'm but I, but, but I promise you one thing. If they put me through the, 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 the Navy SEALs, I, I'll, I'll complete it. No problem. I guarantee I, that, you. Yeah, yeah. No problem. No yeah, problem. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So with this intensity, let's talk about, I mean, obviously it's seething from you. I can feel it through the airwaves here that you have this intensity about you. But how do you go about... Um, finding the right fit in your franchisees? Do you look for someone just like you? Do you look for somebody that compliments you? What are you looking for? No one's like me. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that in like a full of myself manner. I'm just being honest. There's no one like me. It's just, it's just not gonna happen. Um, what do I look for? I ask myself a couple of questions. Number one is would I trust this person around my children? That's the first question I ask. The second question is would I actually have this person over my house for dinner? If I'm, if I'm about to, I don't refer to our franchise uh, we'll say franchisees in this term. The term I always use is franchise partners. We're partners because we're in this together. So if I'm going to be in business together with you as a partner, it's got to make sense. Like it's got to work. Like if you're not going to be able to, you know, have a good understanding and embody our core values and understand the pillars of success. You know, we use the words fuel your drive. That's the name of my book. It's the name of my podcast. You know, a fuel is the four pillars of success, fun, unity, earnings, and leadership. And drive, those are our core values. And obviously, you can't drive anywhere without fuel. Drive right. is determination, respect, integrity, versatility, and excellence. So those are the things I ask myself. And, um, you know, it, it, it's funny. Like, you know, over the years, people would laugh at, like, you know, the, ways I, the way I do things sometimes. But sure. it works because, honestly, when you think of someone who's a real high-level professional, you know, right. in, in their career, and they're very professional, Mm -hmm. You know, that person does have friends and does have family and does like to have fun and act silly or everyone likes to have fun, but you got to get deeper and dig deeper into that person so you can understand what they're about. So, sure. you know, because everything in this world works on relationships. That's sure. it. That's, that's the key to everything. You know, people think you, you know, you have to be a boss. Like that word is the most degrading word to me. Like everyone knows you don't call me a boss. I hate yeah. that word. Yeah. Like I'm the guy who is literally just clearing, clear, cleaning urine off the, the toilet the other day. And right. someone actually said, why are you doing that? You're the CEO. Because I do things like that. 
Yeah, I want representation. I want, I want people need to, you need to lead by example. Like my children, I don't tell them anything. They do everything because they follow what daddy does. Yeah, yeah. I'm sending I, my kids I, to you. I, I, have a saying, I have a saying I tell my managers, if you have to tell somebody I'm the boss, you're not. Listen, <laughs> real, really leaders, real leaders eat last. Real yeah. leaders obviously get excited when you can do something great for that, for that, for that person on your team. Mm-hmm. That's a real leader. And real leaders don't crumble under pressure. A real leader is a good actor. You can never let your team feel your true emotions, no matter what. Like during the pandemic, I didn't furlough or lay off anyone, and it was very difficult. But what's what's going to happen? So am I all, am I going to die? Like what's going to happen? No, you figure it out. There's always a solution, no matter what. It, it, it's just you just never have to quit. You can't quit. That's it. You can't quit. So, Josh, are, would you say that the majority of your franchisees are? Um, super into fitness and, and kind of the same mindset as yourself i mean how do you go about attracting people i i mean i you're the first truly crazy person as you've used that word um that i've met who who has this regimen i i could never do that well yeah well you're actually wrong you could do it you could do it it's it's, it's, it's believing you could do it whatever you believe you can achieve and you can definitely do it um, that's a good so, point so so you're definitely wrong on that one, but I, but I still got love for you. But um, no, so, so our franchise owners, the majority of our franchise owners don't have fitness experience. Um, really? They come from all different, different aspects of life, career paths, you know, um, from tech to principals and schools to athletes. It, it's really all over the, the place. Look, you know, you know, we get all those awards every year, the Entrepreneur 500 and all, and all that stuff's great. The real award I like to talk about is when you get a call from a mother of an autistic child that we've been working with that's been low functioning. And because of our work and the movement we're doing, they're now functioning at a high level. That's an award. Yes. So people who want to make a difference and change lives and also be able to make a living. I like to always say it's great to make a living, but it's great to make a difference. Those are the type of people we want because anyone can operate a business, but you want to be able to make an impact. Right. That's what our brand is able to do because at the end of the day, human interaction is never going anywhere. And without accountability, you're never going to get great results. You need okay. someone to hold you accountable. Just like, you know, I've been mentored by the best in the world because I, I am like a sponge. I want to get smarter every single day. I don't have all the answers, sure. you know, and then you have to also surround yourself with those smart people so you can make sure you don't make the mistakes they made and you follow in their footsteps. And, and that's very important. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about, um, what you do as a franchisor to, as a franchisor to support your franchisees who, who let's say it's me right who doesn't believe I can get up at 4 a.m and go on an ice bed what yeah, do you so, do to help me get into this model so look well, what's very important that we do is you know we have obviously our training we have our continuous training we're doing quarterly calls like state of the union calls we have our support team you know we're using other franchise partners to mentor you know newer owners and, you know, at the end of the day, we want people leading by example, because like I always like to say, good leaders will always create other good leaders. Are you going to have low performers? Yeah, that's the world. You're going to have that everywhere. But like, you know, sometimes you're able to influence through action to motivate other people. So sometimes, you know, like you, like I always say, you never know who's watching you. You never know who's paying attention. That's why you should always do the right thing and always get after it every day. Because you're going to be inspiring someone you don't even know. Like, I got a message on Instagram about, I don't know, maybe seven, eight months ago. And it, it like, took my breath away, actually. It was a young kid. Um, his name was Jared. And he was somewhere in the Mid-South. His parents both passed away. They were drug addicts. He would, he would be left at, at home without food for weeks. Like, the story was horrible. And he actually told me he turned his life around because of me. He's been following me and I've been his inspiration. And he's like, man, it would mean the world to me if you could respond. But if you can call me, man, I'd love that. As soon as I saw that message, I'm because I'm not I'm not like fake like these other people. I'm real. I called him right away. This guy's crying on the phone. It was the most touching, moving moment, probably besides when I had my children in my life, that I helped this young boy. So that's why you have to lead by example and, and don't fake it get after it every day. And you can also influence other people in your franchise system just by taking action. So tell me a little bit about um, Gym Guys. So you are a personalized 
uh, trainer or personal trainer, you guys go out to the home, right? For private so, training. So we show up in, in a beautiful vehicle. This van is so beautiful. You've never seen anything like it in your life. It is just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And it sticks out like a sore thumb, right? So branding is there, the awareness is there. Inside that vehicle, we have enough equipment to provide you a fantastic workout, 365 days a year. We pride ourselves and back ourselves by our three C's because our workouts are convenient, customized, and creative. And we service clients anywhere, right? We bring it to you, your home, office, pool, park, place of worship, hospital, senior homes, corporations, you name it, anywhere. And what do we do? We help you achieve your fitness goals, right? And some, some of those goals might be so simple just sure. to create more movement, work on your balance, strengthen your core, whatever it may be. But we help you do that. And you've always been able to get your food delivered, your cleaners delivered. You were never able to get your workout delivered. We created this new category and here we are and we're disrupting the industry. We're never gonna stop and we're gonna continue to you know, follow our vision. And that's changed people's lives all over the world. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And, and tell me, you're, you're obviously, do you have any brick and mortar in the model or is no, it all no brick, no brick and mortar? No, brick, okay. see, the brick and mortar is too expensive. Okay. Right. You're, you're limited to a certain amount of area that you can't expand out of. You have to sit there all day long. You're yep. strapped there. Our model provides flexibility, right? You right. just mentioned some things early on in the show about marketing, right? We say yep. OTC and scream it loud. Own the community. You have to own the community. You got to get out there, build relationships, be at every city. You need to be in front of people's faces. You got to create, you know, you remember that song, Can I Get an OPP? So we like <laughs> to say, Omnipresence, presence. You need omnipresence. You have to be in front of people because just sure. like you get impressions online, you need to get impressions in your market. So mm -hmm. that's the great thing about our model. Because we're constantly on the move, and and it gets it gets it gets out there even 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 stronger and at a faster pace. In, in your bio, you said you had 150 locations. How many is it now? Is it... We're at 175 locations. Wow. 175. Yeah, we're we're going to be we'll, we will add another 35 to 40, maybe a little bit more by the end of this year. Uh, we've been awesome. really heavily focused on working on some things to increase our our profitability, to increase you know more revenue streams for our franchise partners. Mm -hmm. So um, we're starting to really put the, the pedals in the metal again on the sales side, but I wanted to put some other things in place so I can even get my newer owners ramping up even faster than the older ones. Yeah. So Josh, tell, tell us, you know, because it's, and we have people that are looking for franchises, obviously at all different price points. Um, do you go based on a geographic territory? How do you, how do you set that up? Yes. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All of our territories are based on, you know, on, on, uh, you know, uh, income qualifiers. So 30,000 approved households would be one location. The majority okay. of our owners do multi-units because it's okay. opportunity to grow. It's opportunity to promote obviously within. Yep. So that's how we set it up. And, um, you know, this is all based on demos and psychographics. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and what does it cost somebody who might be interested in this model and to come and help you grow? 66,000 to 131. And that's, that's where the difference is really territories. Wow. Sure, sure. That's pretty good. Yeah, listen, listen, I've had people be able to do some great things and make that money back very quickly, you know, so, you know, the average business doesn't make a return for three, four years. People have done it faster. You know, it's, it, listen, it's all up to you, right? It's yours to lose. You know, if you, if you want to make things happen, you, you know, I like to say you got to be patient with results and impatient mm -hmm. with action. You just right. have to take action. You know, the money makers are the action takers. That's it. Right, right. And do you typically find that they want, that the owner would have a staff that works with them or yes. is it usually owner operate? Okay, so you got a staff, okay. So you're gonna hire trainers, you know, and then, you know, we have a career path in place because, you know, coming from being a trainer myself and working in the gym, you know, yeah. the, the great thing is when you're, you know, look, unless you're going on undercover boss, the chances <laughs> of you moving up the ranks in a gym is very, very, it's slim to none. The majority okay. of people are gonna crash right into that brick wall because right. there's not much room for opportunity. So we actually create a career path for them to actually grow from a trainer to a territory manager, an area manager, a GM. We have people who partner with franchise partners where split on other locations or given equity. There's been so many different scenarios that have been done, but it gives opportunity to grow, right? You know, most people call training, being a trainer, a job. This is not a job. It's a career. You have a real sure. opportunity here to grow. Yeah. Almost a complete lifestyle too, from listening yes. to you. I mean, it, it is definitely a lifestyle that you want to um, make sure that you, ad, you know, kind of align with. So excellent. Okay. You also bring meals to the, to the home. Is that correct? 
We do. Yeah, we have a partnership, one of the largest organic meal companies in the world. So, yes, we also obviously are are, are really heavy on the nutritional side. So that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, our service is only going to continue to get stronger and provide more opportunity for our clients to reach their goals, have a good time doing it and feel great. Right. You know. Yeah. So that's, that sounds pretty comprehensive, including weight loss and and as well as bulking up or whatever. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So tell us, Josh, if somebody's interested in your model, how do we go about contacting you and finding out more information? Hey, you go to our website, gymguys.com. You can Google us on Gym Guys. Um, if you're looking to have more information from me, you just type in handsome on Google. I pop up. I'm, <laughs> top, I'm the top person right at the top. So you know that's very easy to find me. Now, those are just for smiles. But, but uh, anyway, yeah. So, you know, uh, gymguys.com and you click on franchising. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we really thank you for your time. We understand you're extremely busy and um, you have so much energy. I have to imagine that it's hard for you to sit still this long. (laughs) I never, I never, I can never sit still. I'm always on the move. I don't, I I just, oh, I don't even drink coffee. I've never, I've never, I've actually never smoked a cigarette. I've never been drunk and I've never drinking a cup of coffee in my life. Wow. Well, I can't say those same things, but I do have to thank you for being on the show. And I can't wait to talk to you again as you continue to grow your brand. Well, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me and uh, you'll you'll have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too, Josh. Bye-bye. Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Kristen. How are you? Well, I feel um, old and lazy and out of shape. <laughs> I feel like a massive underachiever, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> well, I, I think Josh blew us all away, and I'm hoping our listeners got that feeling, too, because I want to get done with this, and then I want to go, like, jog or something, you know, do something physical. You know, what's funny is I was thinking... I can't wait to go crack open that bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, okay. But what a cool, I mean, like he has this amazing energy and clearly like, I can't believe he wasn't in the military because he's got that kind of drive and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, he's just, he's on it, right? Super organized, super intense. Very charismatic, uh, very organized, really stays yeah. focused. I mean, yeah. he would be the epitome of a great franchisee. And then you put him as a franchisor, leading <laughs> franchisees. And whether he was in the military or not, I can see him leading a charge into oh, battle yeah. or something like that. So I yeah. get it. Well, you know, what's interesting is that brings us exactly into the subject that we're talking about today. And that's about um, choosing the right franchise. Right. And so I think that that Josh was a great person to have on right before this conversation, because as I'm sitting here dreaming of a bottle of wine that's waiting for me, you're thinking, oh, well, I got to go out and exercise. And so I think it takes um, it takes all types. And depending on the model that is and your personality, that's where you find the marriage that works or doesn't. Right. Well, Kristen, so much of what I talk about on the show anymore is related to questions I get during the week as I'm coaching franchisees around the country in different systems and things like that. And this is one that's been coming up quite often recently because you know it as well as anybody, your friends who might think about becoming a franchisee come to you because you are a franchisee and want to know how do I choose the right franchise or something like that. And then you're, you know, you are maybe not 
qualified or prepared to have that conversation. So you send them somewhere else. Hopefully all of those people are sending them to pillars of franchising <laughs> so that we can help them. That's uh, right. But you, you know, the first thing, when people ask me that question, Kristen, the very first thing I ask is, what do you want out of being a franchisee? Yeah. Because as we just talked, Josh's business is so much different than other businesses, other franchise sure. systems. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got home-based as well as brick and mortar. Uh, you've got all the different categories. So, you know, auto care, food, different categories of food, personal service, you know, uh, all the things like your brand represents, you know, sure. I mean, there's just tons of things. So what does a potential franchisee want to accomplish by becoming a franchisee? What are their goals? Yeah. And really that feeds so much into how that conversation goes. Yeah. And you know, like very similar to yours, I always say, what do you see yourself doing in five to 10 years? Like, where do you want to be? You know, because I tend to get a lot of um, folks that are you know, they've got young children, right? And so, you know, if you take somebody with young children, they have one goal or vision of where they'll be in five to 10 years versus somebody who maybe their kids are, have just graduated college and they're ready to make that shift out of corporate America. They've got a different vision of a five to 10 year plan as well. Well, and Kristen, it also wraps into what does your, what does your income needs look like? What do your okay. income needs look like? Because that may, that may be a part of which brand you choose. It mm -hmm. may be a part of, of uh, uh, you know, the types of things you do. How many units do you want? How big do you want to be? There's a long list of things. Yeah. How involved do you want to be? And so we've got to work through that process, that Q&A process with a potential franchisee. You, when you do brokerage type things, I'm sure you do some of that. Yep, absolutely. And a lot of it is, is really helping people uncover um, what they're really good at and what they don't like to do or maybe aren't so strong in through some of the, um, the surveys and um, I'll call them analytics that we do. Um, and those tend to be really interesting too, because a guy like Josh, you know, his franchise system may have also identified what is their utopia in terms of a franchisee. And so what's really cool is when you can match what the franchisor says they're looking for in their top you know, 2% of owners. And then you take these candidates who are looking for a brand and you say, oh my gosh, your results match this franchise right in line. And I think that even if, in some cases, even if it's not something that's on their radar, you know, listen, house cleaning was not on my radar, but it turned out to be a great choice for me for so many different reasons. But had I not gone through that profile, that set of questions, it, it would have never happened, right? Well, Kristen, needless to say, uh, hairstyling was never on my radar either. So um, <laughs> I, I totally get what you're saying about, but you know, back to your point, what you go through as a broker with, if you don't have a franchisee prepared to answer those questions, yeah. you have to have multiple meetings with them, right? So if we get a chance to talk to them ahead of time and help them go through that analysis and that discovery process, then they're much more prepared to have a discussion with you or another broker that they're working with or corporate, right? Sure, and so sure. trying to decide and painting a picture. So our story, as you well know, we only wanted one great clips. It was just to subsidize <laughs> our retirement. And now we've got 36 across two states, probably growing again in the near future. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughters run it. I mean, it became multi-generational. Multi Some of those questions I couldn't have answered back when we started. That's right. So, but getting people to think about what, the, as you said, what's the next five, 10, 20 years look like? What yeah. are your goals? When do you want to retire? How do you want to retire? All of those things, in my opinion, should be part of that discovery process. Absolutely. And, and those are things that really, if you're working with a consultant, can be discussed and should be discussed before a brand is ever even presented, right? Because there's a lot that goes into that. So tell me what you've been working a lot with these um, mentees of yours. And, and have you found that many of them are um, happy with the brands they've chose? They're uncertain if it's the right choice. What are you, what are you hearing out there? You know, uh, Kristen, you know, it's a little bit of the glass half full analogy because on the surface, I would say virtually all of them 
are happy with the brand that they chose. Yeah. But at the same time, we're human beings. So they're not happy with the brand they chose. There are things about it. You know, sure. they wish the brand, the corporate did this, or they wish they did something else or whatever the case may be, because that's what we do as, as human beings. Uh, but if, if you really boil it down, they're very happy with it. They just wish corporate would do more. And in many cases, they don't understand there are certain things because of the legal system or okay. uh, governmental regulations that, that corporate can't do. But as a, a smaller franchisee, if you're not in tune with all of those things, it's virtually impossible. And we're going to have Laura on in a minute. and She can yep. maybe touch base on the legal side of that a little bit. But the fact is, franchisees, by and large, don't follow that um, closely enough. So they're happy on the surface. They really believe in it, but there's just some odds and ends they'd like to correct. And actually, when I ask them questions about the things they would like to change and yeah. maybe drop a few tidbits of education on them, uh -huh. um, they, they really say, oh, I love my brand. I just had to complain about something. <laughs> well, and I think that's the human nature part that you that you preface. But, um, you know, I always like to tell people, you know, I've had some some people that have been really down on the brand. And when you really delve into it, what you find out is that they're not really involved in the brand. So they own it, they run it, but they're not necessarily leading and they don't get involved in their franchise in the franchise community, right? They're not engaging with their local support or the regional support that the franchisor um, provides. And they're not engaging maybe with their, I call them the neighbors, right? You're the neighboring owners that could really help them maybe get out of that funk and see a different side of the same coin, you know? So I think those are important things to, to mention to people too. You have to get involved. Well, so many times the involvement's a big part of it, but also, you know, corporate many times, depending on the brand that you're with, will put out, they'll have weekly seminars or they'll do videos or there's a, a lot of education available on their online portal or something. And when uh, franchisees are complaining, I say, have you gone and researched that? Have you used the tools? And literally 100% of the time they say, oh, no, I haven't done that yet. Well, before you complain, go and use that. And, and a little pitch for IFA, because yeah. the International Franchise Association has a myriad of educational things on different categories within franchising. So lots of tools out there, Kristen, if people want to take advantage of it. And yeah. again, as we do every week, this is a great time to get into franchising. Um, franchising is somewhat recession-proof. Yep. Uh, many, of, many of the franchise brands grow during recessions. So uh, there's money available. And as we know, being pillars, there's lots of support available out there. So if you're thinking about becoming a franchisee, if you only want to have a conversation with somebody, get a hold of pillars. We'll be happy to have that conversation with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's absolutely free to those of you who are looking to do that. So Jerry, thank you again so much for your time. It's nice to see you back from vacation. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you again next week with yet more useful information for our folks out there. Thank you, Kristen. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our million dollar mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned, more coming up. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> yeah, you're on mute. <laughs> I am, yes. There you go. <laughs> so, so I was thinking that our, our subject today is aspirational leadership versus intimidating. And I think we kind of went over that a little bit with Josh, didn't we? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's interesting because I think, you know, that franchising is so appealing because you're joining a system that's usually inspired by someone's vision. 
And I think inherently there's got to be some level of aspiration with, with the leader. And, you know, he's so interesting to me because at first you feel intimidated, but then as you get to know him a little bit further, even just through that brief interview that, that you know, we listened to, he really believes in everybody's ability to accomplish something greater. And it doesn't feel like it has to be at the same level that he's at. And, you know, I was just thinking about his business model and personal training naturally requires ongoing motivation. I mean, that's really what you're hiring someone to do. So I, I kind of see how that style of leadership would work in a system like his. It may not in you know, a different type of business, but the nature of personal training just requires that ongoing motivation. I, I think one of the things that I like to do is keep an eye out on, and by knowing my employees and, and what they're more capable of doing than they think they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make any sense to you? So I kind of look out for these little things that I see that, you know, uh, and, all, all the office employees right now all started in the field. And I, I just simply looked for things that, you know what, this person has a great way about the way they talk to customers. Maybe we should, you know, have them do this. Uh, you know, or maybe they have a great way with numbers, so we'll have them do something else. And you kind of gotta constantly keep an eye out for what abilities that people have that sometimes they don't even know they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny, though, like I do agree with you on that. But I as a leader in the past and I, I've been a CEO in, in a past life, um, I think what I learned about that experience was that. I sometimes saw something in someone they didn't necessarily want, so I would yeah, make the true. mistake of pushing them mm-hmm. to take on more because I just saw so much potential but it wasn't necessarily their vision for themselves. Um, And and that's the tricky balance is creating the opportunity, but not necessarily forcing them to take that opportunity. Exactly. Otherwise there's not enough motivation. You gave gave them the opportunity to excel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't a fit. And that's happened to me uh, on at least two different occasions. Uh, I put somebody in a position and they said, you know, Ray, this is really for me. I said, fine, move you right back, whatever Mm -hmm. works for you, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately in franchising, the business model has to stand on its own. I mean, you you can't grow to 175 units without there being strong unit economics. Um, that, that, That has to be there. But what I think is probably instrumental in in certainly in in gym guys, um, but obviously in other businesses too, is that it can't be leaderless. And I think sometimes companies tend to think that 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 role is interchangeable. Like anyone can kind of step into it and take over. And in franchising, it's it doesn't really work that way from my experience because franchisees typically are, especially in an emerging brand, they're they're buying into some somebody's vision that's what they're interested in and they're interested in helping grow that vision and i actually remember something i heard from david hardy who is the ceo of franvest who i don't know if you are familiar with his story but he franvest was i think they took on orange theory when they had five locations and none of them were profitable and grew them uh until the next event the next um you know, big investment event occurred and they're still involved. And he told me that, you know, the CEO is the promise maker and the president is the promise keeper. And I, <laughs> I, I love that because I think in franchising, that relationship of having sometimes the founder or someone who just really believes in the concept really leads, I think, the direction of the company whereas the president has to come in and kind of hold everybody accountable. Um, and I, I'm, I'm curious how Josh does that. I think he probably is one of the few people that could do both because I'm pretty sure that everyone's accountable under his leadership. Um, I think, you know, when we talk about intimidation, I'd be a little nervous if I didn't do something. But that being said, I also think he's quite motivating. 
Um, and, and that's important in, in franchising. It, it can't be leaderless. The, that visionary is, is really, really important. And ultimately what I heard him say was that, you know, um, when, when Kristen said that she was, you know, feeling exhausted or something like that by him, he really turned that around into believing in her. Yes. I thought that was yes. remarkable. Um, that's his, very his, difficult to do. His energy is intimidating. <laughs> but when you listen to him, it's, you know, what he has to say, it, it, it kind of uh, melts through that intimidation. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I um, I, I was I was as impressed. I think it's it's challenging to be a leader in a franchise system, and mm -hmm. you know you certainly can't grow with a singular type of franchisee in mind because a great system has to have diversity in terms of who it brings into the system, and uh, a great system has to work with a lot of different skill sets. So, um, you know, I, I'm really interested in the model that he's created. I think it's it's quite brilliant um, bringing it into people's homes. And, you know, I see, I see now just that type of leadership working really, really well with a personal training business. Well, I, I also, um, I'm going to seek more discomfort daily. Although I, <laughs> I can tell you that with four kids and summer holidays, I've felt a fair share of discomfort, um, you know, parenting and, and fulfilling all the other obligations when kids aren't in school. But that was, um, I really liked how he talked about seeking discomfort makes you become more comfortable. I could see that being very motivational, you know, especially in the industry that he's in. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. I am Elizabeth Denham, the Chief Content Officer for Pillars of Franchising. And I'm telling you that um, because I am always looking for people with a great story in the franchising space. If you have a great story that you would like to share either in the magazine or on the show, you can fill out our contact form on pillarsoffranchising.com. Also, while you're there, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Um, you can choose all of the services that you might be interested in. If you're looking to buy a franchise, sell a franchise, become a franchise, if you need mentorship, and if you need to get the word out about your business, we have a lot of a variety of sponsorships for you. So be sure to visit our website, like, subscribe, and share this show. And we appreciate every comment and every engagement that you offer. Um, so be sure to visit our website at pillarsoffranchising.com. Hi, Laura. Hey, Jerry. How are you? I am doing excellent. How are you today? Very well. Thank you. You know, I got to tell you, it is always so fun when you come on for me towards the end of the show after you've heard everything. So then you can incorporate <laughs> whatever subject is into some of the things that were said. You know, and Josh talked about his business being a little bit more home-based and so on. And to me, home-based is just so interesting. But I know there's a lot of issues with the legal side of it and insurance and all those kinds of things related to home base that is a little different than some of the other models. So can you talk about that a little bit today? Yeah, good question, Jerry. I think it's important, you know, when people are evaluating what kind of franchise they want, that they think about some of the different costs that they might have. And people will automatically understand, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to have a building, you know, I'm going to have rent or in this scenario, they're going to have the van, right? You know, and he was describing that this van is, you know, amazing. It's totally tricked out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if a van like that, you know, is 100,000, 150,000. And, um, you know, compared to a simple build out, that might actually be, <laughs> you know, similar, it might be on par. Um, but to your point about insurance requirements, you know, you don't have obviously, you know, you wouldn't be insuring a premises, but you do need to think about the fact that you're going to need to be carrying insurance on that vehicle, right? And it is a very valuable vehicle, right? So it's probably worth more than most people's car, um, unless, you know, you've purchased something that's in the, the luxury segment. Um, so that's something to think about. And I think a lot of folks, you know, there's a tendency to try to, um, you know, with insurance, right? Nobody wants to pay for insurance. Everybody hates admitting that they need insurance, right? Um, but, you know, we don't want to, what we don't want to see in different home-based concepts is for our franchisees to ignore putting their 
um, people who drive, you know, from place to place on their insurance coverage for vehicles, okay? Even if they're driving their own vehicle, right? Um, even if it's not a system like gym guys where they don't have the tricked out, you know, whatever. Um, even if they're driving their own, you know, if that person is in an accident and they're found to be at fault, especially, um, you can almost be assured that when the person who was injured finds out that they were driving, you know, to a customer, you know, they're on their way, that they're going to try and pursue the business, you know, or at least their plaintiff's attorney is. <laughs> um, and you need to be ready for that. You know, it's worth the peace of mind. Um, well, you know, you bring up a great point because we've got several uh, company vehicles within our group. And one of our biggest fears is, you know, a poor driver is an employee, you know, liability against the business if that employee creates an accident or, you know, worst case, injures another person or something like that. So your point is well, well taken that, you know, many people don't think about that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's commonly overlooked. Um, you know, and when we're thinking about insurance requirements for home-based businesses, we think about that, but we also want to think about the fact that, you know, this is someone who's going into the home. And in many states, not all, but if you're going into people's homes as a businesses, as a business owner, you, you should want, but the state may also require um, that you have bonding. And you're like, what's bonding? <laughs> uh, bonding is basically like a special form of insurance, okay? And insurance brokers sell it. It's not like hard to find or something. Um, but basically, it's going to be a requirement for things that are kind of an unusual scenario. So um, something that is frequently required or sold or you would want to have is something known as a fidelity bond, okay? Which covers if there's an allegation uh, of something being stolen, right? You know, like, oh, my trainer was at my house or, oh, my cleaning person was at my house. And now the, you know, the, my grandmother's, you know, antique diamond earrings are missing, you know, oh no. Um, and if they really pursue it, you're going to wish you had insurance compared to the cost of those earrings. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, these things do come up, um, you know, and that's, it's, it's unavoidable, right? It's hard to, you know, say, no, it'll never happen. Right. Um, so you want to explore that. Well, you know, and you bring up a good point and I'm going to take it another direction and, and I'm going to make you work today, Laura. So okay. we'll see, yeah, we'll see what you have to say. And I know it varies state to state, but maybe you can give some kind of general ideas. Um, in, in my business dealing with primarily women and being a guy, I worry about, um, you know, potential allegations if you're in a office setting, one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting, something like that. So I'm thinking about, you know, if you have uh, clients coming into your home and it ends up being one-on-one -on -one, or in Josh's cases, going to their home and it's one-on-one, -on -one, you have some liability, which may be covered a little bit under insurance, but I mean, there's a lot of intangibles when you get into that. Yeah, I think this is where a, a really good, thoughtful insurance agent can be helpful for any business owner, but especially these ones that um, are going to have just one-on-one, -on -one, you know, contact, and there's probably no other witnesses. I hate to say it that way, right. but it, it's important, you know, when you're thinking about it. Um, there is coverage, you know, for insurance that's known as employer or, well, yeah, employer practices, liability coverage, EPL coverage, um, and that is something where, uh, you know, for the scenario that you're describing, uh, that, you know, supposedly there was, you know, some kind of inappropriate touching, assault, whatever it is that sadly may have occurred, um, it's really important. You know, we see that also, um, I've represented a number of franchisees who own different massage franchises, right? Massage Envies, Hand in Stone, um, Lux Massage, all different kinds of those. I, I don't know why I have so many, but I do. I'm like you, Jerry, I have like 30 plus or something of these clients. And they, you know, it's no one's fault, right? They do background checks. They do all the things that, you know, you would say make common sense, you know, like to check. Um, but occasionally there will be a claim and, you know, they are grateful that they have insurance when those things come up. Well, and you know, uh, what we do, and again, I know our state laws, what we do in the office setting is we have cameras. 
So that gives me some protection. I know state to state that varies a little bit and certainly with a massage or something like that, there would be all kinds of issues with that. But in a general sense, do you have any comments about things like that that might protect a, an owner? That's interesting. Um, you know, one of the things that has popped up and, and you may know about this is that there's actually a lot of people who have cameras in their homes, um, right. which is not a, a fail safe by any means, um, but it does, you know, mean that you need to tell people who work for you that that may happen. You may want to even put it in their employment agreement, you know, that, hey, you may be recorded, um, you know, disclose that if people aren't comfortable with it. Um, and then, you know, from, you know, I don't know that, especially in a fitness context, I can think of a lot of clients that wouldn't want to be recorded right. for their whole workout, uh, you know, while they're huffing and puffing and, you know, struggling. I, I don't know, myself included, I probably wouldn't want to be recorded the whole time. But um, it, it is something to think about that, you know, if, if they may want to document, you know, or at least have some kind of log, you know, with the employee of saying, you know, arrived at customer's home at, you know, 9.52 a.m., you know, left at this time, you know, and even if it's not something that the customer is engaging in the logging, um, it may make sense both for just, you know, how is the employee spending their time, um, but also, you know, just, a, you know, what happened when, you know, you have some hope of a record. Um, <laughs> You, you know, Laura, you bring up a good point about the huffing and puffing and not being taped. But <laughs> at the same time, being the problem solver and the guy that thinks through all that, I'm thinking I would sell it to the client as uh, you get a copy of it. And it's a way for you to for me to coach you and continue to use that uh, when I'm not there and things like that. But at the same time, you've got a copy to cover you because you bring up a good point that, you know, things can go wrong and somebody, you know, something could happen. Uh, the other side of that, we do have people that are ambulance chasers, as we used to call them, right? And so there could be some allegations made that are not based in fact. So both sides really need some protection in those cases. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a concern with the, the home-based businesses. You just, uh, you know, it's it's something that there is more, more vulnerability, right? There, if someone's in your home. Yeah, and you know, uh, you at the beginning of this, you talked about if you own a brick and mortar type thing, you... Uh, you plan on certain types of insurance, slip and fall insurance, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But if you own a home-owned business, a home-based business, have you thought of slip and fall? If you have clients coming to pay you or do an analysis of whatever project you're doing or any of those kinds of things. I mean, there's so much that happens in a brick and mortar that also could happen in a home-based, right? Right. Yeah. And I would really encourage people not, again, this is like my refrain of the day, like, don't be skimpy with your insurance. I mean, granted, I was probably, I, I know this actually, I was one of like the 10 law students who took insurance law in the entire year, my year of law school that it was <laughs> offered. Okay. So I like insurance, full disclosure. Um, but it is something that, you know, most of the types of coverage um, besides just like straight premises liability coverage, it's a good idea to explore those, you know, you're going to want what's known as an umbrella right? You know, as an operator, you're going to want, you know, some kind of CGL, you're going to, you know, you know, commercial general liability, you're going to want, you know, all of these things um, when it really comes down to it. And are you going to enjoy that there's, you know, a 2000, 4000, whatever, you know, check that you have to write? No, not especially, um, but you will sleep better. Well, and another big thing, and this is not on anybody's radar, especially if they have a home-based business, but it's maybe one of the biggest things in insurance and liability right now, and that's data privacy and the theft of data. So if you're trying to run your home-based business on your personal computer, talk about that a little bit, Laura. Oh my gosh, that is a huge risk. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's something that franchising has been a little slow to uh, pick up on, you know, I don't see cyber liability as a required coverage very often unless, um, you know, they really thought about it. And, you know, with these home-based ones, especially, you know, they are a ripe opportunity for people to steal information, right? All they have to do is, you know, just grab a couple envelopes off your, you know, kitchen counter and you probably wouldn't even notice, you know, because I don't know about you, but I have a whole stack of mail. <laughs> Uh, you know, three envelopes is not going to make a dent um, in what's missing. So, 
you know, it, it would be very easy. And so you need to think about that. Um, you know, both running your computer, you know, things are not secure. You don't have that level of security on your Wi-Fi. you know, whatever it is, um, you know, or if you're going to a coffee shop, those kind of things are not secure. Um, and most business owners, again, it's a, it's a cost question. You know, are you logging into public Wi-Fi to, you know, check your bank? Are you, and people don't think about it, right? They, right. Hope, the best. Uh, they hope that the, you know, the Chase app or whatever is secure enough to withstand whatever gets thrown at it. So, um, I don't know, make, make good choices, folks. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, Laura, as always, amazing information, uh, something franchisees need to really pay attention to. So thanks for everything that you've got for us today. Of course. Thanks, Jerry. Good to chat with you all. You too. And we'd like to thank you all for joining us on the show today. Uh, as we had Josh York of Gym Guys here, and please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode, as well as any of the ones that are posted in the past. If you'd like to take a look at those, they're there as well. And thank you to Jerry Akers and Ray Pillar, our Million Dollar Mentors, for their insight and wisdom, and to Andrea Mundy, our contributor today, and to Laura List for her legal insight. Thanks to Fred McMurray and Elizabeth Denham for um, all of their work on producing the show, and I am Kristen Shalmetzi, your second, or actually third, Million Dollar Mentor, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been yet another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here.